Hello and welcome to another episode of Layers Within. Welcome to the podcast. I am your host Naomi Karemi and thank you for joining us. This is episode one of the Loss and Bereavement series which was held on the 12th of July. We're holding space tonight for bereaved parents and um, the title of the room, Not All Babies Get to Go Home, Loss and Bereavement. This is a touchy topic still in the realm of birth, postpartum, and the bereavement phase itself. It's still one of those taboo topics. So I love to bring topics like this for discussion. There is so much wisdom and comfort in hearing stories like yours, in hearing first lived experiences like your own. There's so much power in sharing these stories. Now, I wanted to talk about it particularly in respect to like upcoming, aspiring and newly trained doulas. They don't feel comfortable speaking about this topic with their own clients because there's this mentality, you know, if you speak about it while you're still pregnant, you're going to jinx things. So we're going to try and talk about things in that aspect but also I welcome you to share your stories wherever you're at if you're comfortable. Naomi may I speak to Susanna? Yes yes please Anna. Yeah so and unfortunately it happens right it's not because we talk about it it's happening and for my case with stillbirth I wasn't aware of it at all and I think that that could contributed to my lack of, you know, knowledge of what I should be looking out for and also how to react immediately when I felt something was wrong and not knowing that, you know, I should have pushed, you know, a little bit harder for things and, you know, everyone was treating it like it was just okay, everything's fine, we'll take care of it, you know, they're inputting information in the computer and they didn't put the monitor on my baby right away and you know, they didn't even tell me what was happening until they were literally dragging me in for the surgery. And tell me he's coming out at almost 32 weeks and I'm in complete shock and like what is happening? Like I never even knew this was something that could happen to me. So I don't think that by keeping this information from families, we're doing them any service. If anything, we are setting them up for failure in their pregnancy journey and also in being able to, you know, have the information they need to get that baby home safely and for themselves. I mean, we have maternal mortality crisis in this country as well. And that's something that's just, it gives me shivers just to think about it. I could have lost my life three times in surgery. So we cannot keep things from people thinking like women are, you know, not able to handle it. Or, you know, there's kind of a feeling, I think, of this patriarchal setup with the doctors thinking they know it all or whatever, how it's been all these years done. And that the women are just going to be like frantic if they know too much and they're going to come in too much or something. I don't know what they're worried about, but we as a community, we cannot let this happen anymore. And just to talk about it, I have to share this happened to me because people assume stillbirth doesn't happen unless maybe you didn't have a, you know, good doctor. Maybe you weren't taking care of your pregnancy, you weren't eating well, or you were, you know, a smoker, all these things that they assume about the mother. And that's not true. I know so many mothers who have lost babies in this way who are just like me. You know, we did everything right. We followed all directions. We were healthy young women. We were considered perfect pregnant. Still, it happened, right? So by not knowing, that didn't save me. So I really think it's, it's a mistake to assume that that's the best course of action for anyone. They need to talk about it more, share if they're comfortable, if it happens 
happen to them because we need a face for this. If people don't know a person who it happened to, unfortunately, they don't care as much. But if you know someone that it happened to, then you're more involved and you're willing to you know, stand with them and say, this isn't enough. We need better care. And the numbers in itself are staggering. You know, for child loss, it's 24,000 a year almost in the United States. Super high. It hasn't changed in many years. And this is the reason why, because we're not doing enough. So that's why I speak out about it. It's not because I like to talk about it. I don't want attention. I don't want sympathy. I just want change. This is Anna. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Anna. I think it was, um, I, I appreciated the point that you made about, you know, um, that this is not just based on, you know, oh, what did you do right? Or what did you do wrong? You know, the same way that uh, mothers can do everything right and a, and a, you know, baby not go home. There are also people who do everything wrong <laughs> and there's do. And so it's not, you know, even though people try to make it about what did you do? Oh, you were too busy or you should have rested more or you should have moved moved around more should have exercised more i mean it can be on either side of it um <laughs> there are just as many um women birthing that someone would say oh she doesn't even need to have children who come out with perfectly healthy babies and take them home so the argument about like what did you do wrong you know it's just one that kind of needs to die in that regard there are women running crazy marathons, you know, <laughs> while another woman who has um, a, a situation, they be like, oh, it's because you, you wash dishes too much, <laughs> you know? So I think it's meaningful just to be mindful of that. Thank you for sharing. I think what you just mentioned really reminded me of my um, pregnancy after loss because I was so stressed the entire time and I kept thinking to myself, oh my gosh, if I lose this baby, it's going to be my fault because I'm too stressed out and I can't relax. Yes. So it's like, no, you know, women, even in the most horrific circumstances are still birthing babies and they're extremely stressed, you know, in other countries where they're not getting care properly. So I cannot, you know, hold myself to that. It's it's pretty horrible when you go through it and you think this is my fault, but yet you still see, you know, obviously that's not the case. It's not that the stress is not going to hurt the baby in that way. I mean, we want to for our own mental health to try to enjoy it, but, and also, I mean, I'm sure the baby feels some of those vibes, but it's not going to be our fault in that sense. And that's so true. It, yeah. When you mentioned that I'm, I'm working with some fabric right now <laughs> and some of it has women carrying pots and things on their heads. There are some places where, you know, they are still required to do that, even if they're, you know, pregnant because it's a necessity. It's what has to happen at that time where women are laboring and doing things. Um, and so, you know, it, it, those are, I believe, one of those things where the narrative is so hard to change it because I think really that's one of those situations where people start commenting when you don't ask for their feedback and stuff like that. You know, um, y'all, you, 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 so and so, you all are always, you're so this, you're so that. But it's so true. And even like when you talk about the stress, yes, optimally, we're going to try to alleviate stress, you know. <laughs> but I think in the context of what we're talking about, to just insinuate that that's the reason why. That's not really that conversation is not really it's kind of hard to validate that as the reason why so I appreciate you saying that again Anna hi Celeste hi um I heard somebody mentioned earlier I think it was uh Naomi about loss and bereavement not being talked about a lot amongst doulas and one thing I've realized or noticed in my journey is that I feel like me personally, I can't, I don't, I've never experienced um, loss of a baby, but I, so I feel like I can't relate and not that like, 
I don't know, like, I don't want to say or do the wrong thing. I don't want to speak out of turn because I haven't experienced that personally. Um, So I think for some doulas, I don't know, I'll speak for myself. That's a lot of the reason why I don't initiate conversation around the subject or really know what kinds of things would be generally considered helpful or positive in those kinds of conversations. Um, Because I just don't have personal experience, so I don't know like what I would want or not want somebody to say to me or what may or may not be considered insensitive. So I've had a few friends who have had miscarriages, um, one who had a stillbirth, and they always say like, you know, it's not taboo, it's not a curse word, you can say it. And if you have questions, you should ask them. But I think it still is like this internal struggle of not wanting to cross a a boundary, um, but not really being sure where it is. So I'll speak for myself. I think that's part of my hesitancy that Naomi was talking about. So if anybody has a tip, you know, anything that could be helpful in those kinds of scenarios, I'm definitely all ears. I'm sure Naomi's going to tell you some amazing advice, but from the mother's perspective, I think like I was mentioning, it's just best to talk like no matter what. I know it's uncomfortable and maybe you don't know the exact feelings that they're going through, but just to be supportive. And I know some doulas don't feel comfortable going through bereavement with the family once they find out there is going to be a loss and that sort of thing gets handed off. But if you're already working with the mother and have that relationship, I think just showing them the love and compassion and you know guiding them through the process whatever they decide you know you don't know because I don't even know I've been through it and I still have had to direct you know whatever the family is thinking and feeling you don't know so you just have to be there and ask them like my sister lost twins later and she didn't want the same things I wanted she didn't want a service after she didn't want to continue to you know do the things that I did after losing my son so I couldn't just assume that because I you know lost my baby that she would want all the same things so I just think you know just as a human being we're able to be supportive in those ways just being open and you know letting them lead basically that's my suggestion and I've been speaking yes yep I love that I love what you just said uh, Celeste, I definitely hear this in um, the doula communities particularly and even aspiring doulas who have made contact with me because I am a bereavement doula. Now, the, you really don't need to be certified per se to support somebody in that moment and support is very customized. For the majority, they don't know what they want when it's happened. They don't know what's right, even though they are the mothers and the fathers. It's not something that is uh, anticipated unless there has been a diagnosis ahead of time that they know, okay, this baby is coming, but there is a possibility that baby won't last or won't stay for long. Now, when it happens and you are the doula who has walked the journey with a couple until the tide changes, the comforting thing that is there is the familiarity. There is so much comfort in knowing the same face. Now, when we start thinking about referring because we don't have that knowledge, that becomes a very hard thing even for the family to adjust because now they're being passed on to somebody completely different. There is something about connecting and feeling comfortable to speak about certain things. And that's why I love when Tanisha joins the rooms and she says, you know, as a doula, it's beneficial for you to have all aspects of a full spectrum because birth postpartum and the bereavement phase go hand in hand even in the postpartum we are in the 
doorway or gateway of life and death. Now, once you actually come to understand how that can be beneficial for the clients, it can change how you work as a doula for the clients that you support. Because for the majority, the focus is on plan A. Plan A where everything goes according to plan. Plan A where the birth plan gets respected. The baby gets to make it strapped in a maxi cozy and makes it home. But normally, once you throw in a question with the clients that you support, like, okay, I've noticed or as I'm listening, this is your plan. But what happens when that plan doesn't go according to how you want it to be? And you'll find that for would pause, they might be interested to speak further about it. But for the majority, they are scared because in many of the, you know, bath preparation sessions, be it yoga or whatever, they speak and promote so much about the positivity and being positive. And I think that's where the mentality comes in. If we don't speak about it, it's not going to happen. That's a bad mentality because life and death is part of the pregnancy journey. You have moms who have completely gone to the end of the pregnancy and then birth takes a complete different turn. Now, how do you then continue being that support person when that happens as a doula or a birth worker? How do you believe, any of you all, believe that having experienced loss in another way, perhaps the, the loss of a sibling, the loss of a mother, the loss of a father or anyone that is deemed close to them, the loss of a spouse, partner. Do you believe that it can serve during this time, having been acquainted with that type of grief or not? I'm going to say yes, that it would be useful because I think the more comfortable you get in those experiences, it's something that's going to happen to everybody. And that when if you can kind of be there to support somebody in those times, or if you've even been there to help in things like dressing or, you know, preparing that person that's gone, things like that. I think the more comfortable that you can get in it, the more comfortable you can be talking and supporting somebody who's had a loss. And I think people just feel really uncomfortable when it's a child because of this young, beautiful little spirit. But I think that the more exposure you have, the more comfortable you can be in those moments to help support somebody than speaking. This is Susanna, and I have to completely agree with Jacqueline with that because after losing my son, I definitely look at the process of death differently and the person there involved. I think before I was probably afraid of it a little bit more and especially having any kind of, you know, involvement, like she said, dressing someone. I mean, my son was my son and that didn't change with him passing and I want everyone to keep t talking to me about him and that's the same for any experience of you know family member passing I think sometimes we tiptoe around the conversations and we don't want to mention grandma or whoever passed because we're afraid to hurt someone and it's like no we love to hear stories I love for Owen to be brought up anytime you can think of something to say I know it's hard to come up with something to say about a baby you never met or you know that didn't get to be here and he's not growing you're not watching that but you can still say his name and say, I thought of him today. Or, I saw a, saw a butterfly, I thought of him. You know, anything you can think of is like beautiful to that family member. And I don't think it would ever make me sad for someone to bring that up. So I think it does change me as a person knowing my experience now with grief, how it's a long time, you know, life journey. And I'm always going to grieve him, but I'm also always going to remember him and honor him in every way I can. And if someone's doing something for their family member, I make sure that I, you know, I'm present or at least I mention 
you know, I'm thinking of that person that day because it means so much to the family. So I do think that has impacted who I am as far as how I deal with grief as well as others. Um, grief journeys. Thank you. I agree. And even just to um, acknowledge that they were here, acknowledge that experience happened to that family to like, I don't know how to explain it, but just to have them be seen and to acknowledge that that experience happened and to like not talk about it kind of makes it have them be unseen. Does that make sense? So I love that you said that, Anna, to talk about them, to, you know, enjoy them and still, you know, speak all these beautiful things about them because because they were here. It happened. So, yeah, I think that's a really good point. Thank you for speaking. Yeah. I think for me personally, it does make you look at things in a, with a different eye. Imagine, Celeste, you're supporting a couple and that happens right at the end of the birth. The one thing that would normally happen is the mother will invite you to look at her child in the form that she or he is in. Now, there's two things about that. That woman is looking at her child from a different eye and it can be scary when it's not yours because you will be looking at that child from a completely different eye. For the woman who has lost her baby, that is her most precious little person. Now, I have doulas who have been thrown off with that request. The reason why somebody will ask you, yeah, she's there or he's there, do you want to have a look? or it's okay if you, it's fine that you can have a look. It's because there is this notion that you have to be prepared. And you do. For, for many people, death is scary. It's the stillness that hits you first. Even when you look at somebody who is older, the stillness is the reason why for many people they get scared of that moment. But to normalize it is being prepared that this is actually a normal thing. It's not for everybody. And you can't possibly be prepared enough as a doula. The only way you can prepare yourself is to only be, just be. You don't have to go in and change anything. You don't have to say anything. Sometimes just because, especially when you are not sure, I would keep whatever it is that I'm thinking, maybe it will be serving her and maybe it won't. As long as I doubt it, I won't say. I had a couple that I supported and they lost their baby two days before the due date. The brother was ready with the books because I had prepared the brother with stories and the gifts that he would bear when the sister was born. And then it didn't happen. I said, Naomi, but now I can't read her the story. And I took him on my lap and I said, but I have an idea on how we can do that. We can put the book under her head. And that way she will be able to read the stories back to you. When you look up in the sky, that will be the connection that you will be making with your sister. The first thing the mother said to me when I walked into the room was exactly that. She's in that basket. You can look at her if you want to. Now for me, I am prepared, but I'm thinking of a doula who hasn't had that experience. You haven't experienced loss. You haven't had the training. It can be very triggering. So there are some tips that you can use. I will share as we continue in the room to prepare them because this is a touchy subject. And while they are in the happy moment, the bump is growing and everything else is going okay. 
Talking about the possibility of that not going the way they anticipated to be is a big thing. And there's still this notion, if we don't talk about it, it's not going to happen until it happens. I wrote a blog about this on my website and I called it the forgotten plan B. I think it's true. I think there's so many things in our culture that we simply just, you know, you don't talk about. And some of it is around the notion of, I believe, what we sometimes just the impression that we're given that somehow whatever needs to be fixed can be fixed, you know, that there's always something that can be done. And um, that simply is not the case. But we live, you know, we are still cultured and conditioned to live in that way. <laughs> 